It is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 368 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Kenneth Ruff, Travis, um, and I want to I want to give a special shout out to who Paul Grazulius, or Paul, just Paul, Paul getting up early on the West Coast to catch this team live action, Mel Cobb's Language Express, Marcus Seiler, and all of the Simply Cyber community, including you, my friend, are going to be shredding the top cyber news of the day. And I'll be giving my expert an opinion and analysis on each story on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize it tactically or strategically at work? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, oh my God, chef's kiss, you are going to be just, you're going to be in a good position because we're going to be covering top stories, top cyber threat actors, top controls, shortcomings. We're going to cover things that aren't in textbooks or certification exams. You are going to be empowered and enabled to deliver value to your upcoming employer in a context of cybersecurity. So stay with me. By the way, you're also going to get asked in any job interview for cyber. Um, how do you stay current? This right here is a fantastic answer. I am biased. So take that Take that with a grain of salt. I also want to remind everybody, I forget to tell people this, uh, and a lot of people don't realize this. I um, I don't look at these stories beforehand. I don't know what we're going to be talking about today. So you're getting my honest initial reaction, my honest feedback and analysis as if I was a CISO, and I'm seeing this is coming across my desk, and I'm like, this is what we need to do with it. All right. Now, before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Those businesses that support the channel and allow me to deliver this every single day. Uh, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. You go, Barricade. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Dude, threat actors, they don't sleep. You need vigilance. You need someone who knows what they're doing. And when I say someone, may I suggest Barricade Cyber. Links in the description below, barricadecyber.com. Uh, get on their website and uh, check out Eric's calendar right here. You can schedule a meeting with him. And uh, basically what I would argue is talk about, uh, hey, Philip, Passive Observer, talk about uh, what it would look like for your business. Dude, a 30-minute conversation can save you, like a 30-minute conversation before uh, left of boom can save you like years of like stress on your body and on your mental um, in the event you suffer a ransomware incident. Also, now stay with me on this one. Also want to say shout out to XM Cyber. Now, XM Cyber's got a special read today. I did uplink, update the link in the description below. Tomorrow morning, if you can see this, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, tomorrow morning, May 18, 2023, XM Cyber is actually hosting Wade Baker from Saisha's Institute to actually go through and provide... Hold on, where is it? You guys know I've been pumping this XM Cyber Report for the last couple weeks, right? This uh, 
navigating the passive risk exposure management in 2023. If you want to get a different uh, expert's take on it and how you can distill more information, really do a deep dive on this particular report, check out this webinar tomorrow. It's absolutely free. It's going to be going through this um, this report and showing you fascinating stats and trends in impacting exposure management in 2023. I'm going to drop a link in chat really quickly, but it should be um, it should be in the um, description below. All right, so holla to XM Cyber. They're doing all sorts of crazy good stuff up in here. All right, and then obviously my good friend Brandon Poole over at Panopsi, but we'll talk about more about them at the mid-roll. Now, guys, if you're live with us right now, hashtag team live in chat. I see many of you, 143 of you. We're going to have Worldwide Wednesday in just a minute, but let me remind you, if you're live with us, do a hashtag team live. I love it. If you're watching on replay, people in the future who are looking at us in the past, hashtag team replay in the comments. I do love team replay and um, getting giddy up and with uh, the team replay people in chat. Um, also, for those people, well, I'll save it for jawjacking. The comments around the Bard versus AI video have been interesting, uh, but remind me of jawjacking and we'll do that. Um, if you are uh, got here late and you're catching up because you didn't get up, you didn't get up on the, uh, the West Coast with Paul. You're, you're dragging butt a little bit. You had to get yourself a, a big pour of coffee. I went with the huge cup today. Uh, no surprise. Um, watch on double speed. Catch up to us and let us know, Team Hybrid, that you made it live. You just started a little late. That's why we have playback speed 2x. And then finally, my favorite. What's up, CCW with the squad? My favorite, if you are... <clears throat> thanks, Joel B. If you are um, shy, introverted, socially, you know, unsure how to begin, seems like everybody's having a great time in chat. And you're like, you know that meme where it's like the guy standing off in the corner. It's like a pencil drawing. He's over in the corner at like a dance bar and he's like, they don't know or whatever it is. I forget what that meme is. But uh, if that's you, step into the light. Do hashtag passive observer and let us know that you are here. The Simply Cyber community is incredibly supportive. I, I, it, it, for, for me, it's a requirement, right? If, you, if you're not interested in being supportive or inclusive, um, you may want to find a different community. But right here, we're all about good times and all about support. So say hashtag passive observer and let's get, uh, let's welcome all these people into chat. Uh, finally, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So giddy up on that if you need some CPEs. That's always fun. Um, and then it's Worldwide Wednesday. So let me take a slug of coffee. Hold on. Oh my God, the coffee's so good. All right, guys, let me do this really quickly. We got a couple things. I'm going to blow out my copywriting. All right. All right, guys. Worldwide Wednesday. Before we get into it, I do want to thank uh, ACI Learning because they sponsor this Worldwide Wednesday segment every Wednesday morning. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30, and you can see it on the screen there, SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year of the platform. And I, guys, if you know me, if you've been around a minute, I definitely... Um, I've been partnering with ACI Learning for a couple months now. I've consumed some of their content. I'm going to be on a webinar next um, 
on the 25th of May, whatever day that is, eight days from today. So Thursday, Thursday, the 25th, I'll, I'll be promoting it next week. So y'all can sign up if you want to catch it, but it's going to be me and Sophia Goodwin. I really like ACI learning. A, I like the platform. I like the solution. I like the content they deliver. I like the people. Sophia Goodwin, Daniel Lowry. I like the business. Okay. That's why I'm proud to be partnered with them because I've, I've looked at them, you know, as a business, as a solution. They're great. I love them. I love them. Um, I'm a crypto <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. So thanks so much, a- ACI Learning, for uh, sponsoring that. But now is our favorite segment, guys. Let me jump this the Def Punk to two minutes. All right, guys. What we're going to do here, if you're new here, what we do is every single Wednesday morning, we see if the Simply Cyber community is internationally represented. And spoiler alert, we usually are. So what I'd love for you to do now is let's spend the next two minutes and tell me where you are in chat and I will fumble about this map and we'll see what's up. All right, go, 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 go. Carrie's representing Texas in the house. St. Petersburg, Florida's in the house. We got you online. Hot Lana, Loco, Australia, East Coast. Italy's in the house. I saw you, Tom Bishop. Mods, I'm going to need help. This is coming in hot now. Hey, Jersey, what's up, Belgium? I see you. Where's Belgium? Belgium, Belgium. I'll come back for Belgium. Remind me later. Remind me later. Canada's in the house. Louisville, Kentucky's up in here. The DR, Leonardo representing. Remind me, Belgium's in the house. Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. What's up, Massachusetts? I love it. All right. Pueblo, Colorado. Nice online. Billings, Montana. I see you, Bill Eck. What's up, North Carolina, North Kakalaka? Canada's bringing it. Delaware. Zimbabwe's in the house. Good to see you, Zimbabwe. Damn it. All right, we'll have to come back for Zimbabwe, too. Ah! Jimmy Dong coming in from Vietnam! What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Jimmy Dong coming in from the top rope. Vietnam, Spain. Oh, no, no. Uh... Hampton Roads, uh, I see you, Do I see you, Virginia. Hampton Roads coming in strong. Kansas Indies in the house. Hampton VA, I love the Maryland. Romania's up in here. Yeah, Romania. Houston, Ethiopia. See it, I see it. India's in the house, thank you, mods. Poland's in the house. Boom, baby, boom. Rhode Island, the tiny state, D-Crash representing. Barbados, Chechia's coming in. Love it, love it. Va Beach up in here, Ireland representing. All right, Va Beach, a lot of Va Beach action. All right, so that's going to do it. Give me one second. All right, Czech Republic, give me one second here. Um, Give me one second. We had uh, Romania. We had Belgium, for sure. Romania, and then Zimbabwe. All right, there we go. Did we do it? South America, where are you at, South America? Hit Russia, all right, thank you. UK's in the house. Hold on, we're just catching up here. Uh, mods are helping me out here. Uh, Colombia. Oh, Colombia! Boom! Yes, yes, yes. All right, everybody, congratulations. We just went around the world. Dude, like, hot, hot minute break for a second. Thank you all so very much, mods, for helping out. Thank you all so very much, Simply Cyber community members, squad members, for the the support for the channel. 
It warms my heart every single Wednesday when we are able to have representation live in chat. At the same time, people from all around the world, different time zones, different cultures, different lifestyles, different perspectives. It is unbelievably, to me, this is evidence that we are inclusive and I love it. Thank you all so very much. Simply Cyber community members really warms my heart. All right, guys. Brazil, I10 Ziv, were you uh, representing Brazil there? All right. I don't know. I was told Russia, uh, Eric Taylor in chat, uh, mod chat, told me that Russia was here, so I marked it. All right, guys. So that's going to cover Worldwide Wednesday. Again, thanks for ACI learning. Um, but now it's time to sit back, relax. Everybody take a breath. Grab a slug off your favorite coffee. Bangladesh will give you a little late to the party, Bangladesh, but we'll, we'll give you a little love. Where are you? Where's Bangladesh? All right. Let's, let's get in. So sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you all at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. An inside look at RAS. A new report from Group IB details the inner workings of the ransomware-as-a-service operator Quillen. The firm infiltrated the group back in March 2023. It found that the group customizes attacks for each victim for maximum impact. This includes things like changing file extensions and targeting specific processes and services to terminate in an attack. Quillen pays affiliates 80 to 85% of ransom payments. It also provides affiliates with an admin panel to effectively oversee ongoing operations. The group generally equips affiliates to use phishing emails with malicious links to obtain initial access and perform a classic double extortion attack. The report warns Quillen actively recruits affiliates and provides upgraded tools and techniques to quickly weaponize them. Okay, so a couple of things. And um, I'm sure that the, the, the Russian uh, ransomware actor who got arrested is going to be one of these stories. But there's been a lot of... Um, in the last 24 hours, to include this story, there's been a lot of like pulling back the curtain, if you will, or um, like. It's not all law enforcement, but it is a lot of like pulling back the curtain, uh, deep cover ops, deep CTI people releasing information. So I've never heard of Quillen ransomware. Have you heard of Quillen ransomware? Let me know in chat. But. Um, this ransomware threat actor group was basically infiltrated by a, uh, essentially a, a threat intelligence company, right? This, uh, it, I don't know what the name of the threat intelligence company is, but whatever it is, uh, group IB, I would absolutely recommend reading this. This is going to be, what are we doing here? This is going to be a, um, this report is to me is very likely going to be an exhaustive very interesting, comprehensive report of a, uh, thank you, Joel, uh, of a um, threat actor, ransomware as a service group. So like for me personally, like I talk about ransomware all the time. I tell people about ransomware as a service model all the time. This report is going to allow you to, and I hate this term, but I'm going to use it because it's like very trendy and buzz speaky right now. I'm going to double click 
on that and drill into it with this report. Like for me personally, I like doing these things. Like I'm going to carve out 15 minutes after the stream today. I'm going to open up this report. I'm going to print it out because I have, I'm a great, I'm an old, okay. I'm one of the olds. I'm going to print it out. I'm going to go through it with a highlighter and I'm going to consume it. And then I'll be better informed. So when it comes up in conversation or when I'm trying to make a point, I can say, oh, did you know ransomware as a service models also do this? It was uh, the Quillen ransomware threat actor group actually is known for doing this, right? Like it just makes you better read, better informed. You can deliver better, um, basically better cyber guidance, expertise, gui uh, advice, if you know what the heck's going on. And it sounds like they went deep. Um, <laughs> it sounds like they really went uh, um, into uh, great lengths to penetrate this um, this this th threat actor group. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> what is going on? Okay, so um, what, a couple of things that jumped out just in the story um, that I did not um, realize. T one. They give 85% of the ransom to the affiliate. To me, that's very high. I don't know if anyone else in the chat knows, but to me, like that's that seems very high for an affiliate fee, right? Like they're only keeping 15%. That sounds like just enough to pay the pay the bills, keep the lights on, you know what I mean? So, um unless unless they don't care about money and they just like to see the world burn. I I find 85% to be pro pro prohibitively too high. Um Joe, Joe Belton or Eric Taylor in chat, any other kind of uh, people who kind of creep around on the dark web. Um, what does an average uh, affiliate program uh, structure look like? Because to me, you know, 50-50 would be as high as I would expect to go, uh, considering the ransomware back end is doing the bulletproof hosting, writing the malware, keeping it up to date, making sure it doesn't get detected by EDRs. The affiliate is just dumping it, right? So um, also you'll notice that they have rust in here. Rust is very, very fast, which is what a lot of more, you know, the more modern, the more current uh, ransomware threat actor groups are changing to rust, writing their, rewriting their code. Uh, so it, it, it runs faster. I believe Black Basta is on rust uh, or go perhaps, but I know Black Basta moves wicked quick. So, all right, there we go. Yeah, so Eric Taylor in chat says the most he has seen is 30%. So thank you, Eric. This is consistent with what my my uh, initial thoughts were. Like 85% is ridiculously high. Like like almost too high to the point where like I don't understand what the Quillen group is doing. Like why like they're 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 barely covering rent if they're giving away 80% of their money. So, anyways, look, check it out. I've got it bookmarked here. I'll put a link. I don't know if anyone wants this link, but I'm going to read this. I'm going to copy. I'm going to print this report out and read it right after the stream. White House cyber strategy goes big on education. In a speech to the National Security Telecommunications Advisory Committee, acting National Cyber Director Kemba Walden said providing foundational cyber skills was a central part of the Biden administration's cyber strategy. Walden marked this as one of the four pillars of its upcoming implementation plan. This would include efforts to educate citizens on digital literacy, computational math, and digital resilience. Other aspects include transforming cyber education, growing the available cyber workforce in the U.S. generally, and specifically increasing federal staff. All right. This is cool. A couple things here. One, just as a quick aside, this woman right here, um, Kemba Walden, this woman on the right, 
I, I cannot remember where I saw her speak. I saw her speak. It was some, you know, uh, DC uh, stuffy, starchy thing. But if you get a chance to see her, she is a delight to watch speak. Like maybe you could YouTube her, YouTube Kemba Walden. Uh, she is poignant, poised, like, like she's not stuffy. She's like very down to earth, but she knows what she's talking about. She like, she is to me, she's a masterclass in public speaking. Like she's awesome at, 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 like she could be reading the ingredients off the side of a Bisquick box. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's, those are good nutritional facts right there. All right. So, uh, that's an aside. Okay. So what is important here is the, uh, White House national cybersecurity strategy had five key pillars. If you recall, um, one of them was that like the big one that everybody was talking about was that, um, we like the United States is like authorizing hackback, right? That, that where like, if you get attacked by someone, you can, <laughs> you can respond in kind, kind of like, um, uh, uh, second amendment in, in, uh, you know, big sky country or something like that. So Another one was like improving overall national cybersecurity education skills. Right now, we we begin we we like try to get people to get cyber smart, maybe in college a little bit, um, in workforce uh, reeducation. Right, people pivoting into the field. And what really needs to happen, and this is what the strategy is, is that we need to integrate it down into the K twelve programs as part of basic learning. Right, STEM you know, like, I'm not going to ever try to make a shirt for this one, but like STEM should be C-STEM, right? That like cyber science, technology, engineering, and math, right? Like C-STEM and, and put C in front because cyber is awesome. But, um, but cyber is not really involved. However, we live in a society that is hyper-connected, digital everything. We depend on technology. If you've gone a minute without the internet, you're like, oh, right? If you if you try to operate your home or your life without the internet, you are nerfed for lack of a better term. And don't like, please don't flame me in here. Like I get it. You can go out in the woods and build like a, um, a one of these uh, like survivalist shelters out of wood and, you know, eat bugs from under rocks and stuff. And disconnect from the grid you can do it but i'm saying modern society most people do depend on technology in some capacity for communication for financials for just for living right so if if that if, if it's that important and we're not teaching anyone about it that's a major mistake so this is part of that i do want to say um just just saying if you happen to work at a cybersecurity education company, it's a good time to be working at a cybersecurity education company because there's federal um, push to promote cyber education, right? So, you know, just saying, just saying it's a really good time to do that. I want to go deeper on um, the uh, cybersecurity strategy. I'm actually doing something for the uh, Citadel summer class I'm teaching around that. But anyways, just know that there's going to be more opportunities, more money, frankly, more money for programs um, that are doing cyber education. So if you're looking to start your own business, uh, that might be a good area to, to lean into. Chinese attackers hit TP-Link routers. Researchers at Checkpoint report that the Chinese state-sponsored group dubbed Camaro Dragon used a custom malware called Horseshell to infect residential TP-Link routers. 
This installed a malicious firmware designed to give persistence to the attackers, letting them generate attacks that appeared to come from the device's home network. The attackers seemed to use the routers to attack European foreign affairs organizations. It's not clear how the attacks infected the routers with firmware, but it may have just come from a brute force attack. The researchers say the firmware implant isn't specific to anything implemented by TP-Link, so it could work on other routers' firmware images as well. Popular. I, I didn't get. Uh, I didn't get all this. Um... Uh, all right. So. Okay, so I guess <clears throat> I didn't really get too much of this, but it sounds like um, threat actor groups like Flaming Donkey um, are able to compromise TP-Link routers. Let's get our Flaming Donkey APT up in here. Dude, can you imagine if we if we pushed Flaming Donkey to the point where like we got it tricked? We we got it we got it tricked into being in miter attack. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um Okay, so basically TP-Link routers, which are networking devices, can be backdoored, meaning that they can have malware installed on them that allow threat actors to come and go as they please, and then they use them as initial uh, attack points to, la to launch attacks from. Um, guys, th this is not really anything crazy. All this is doing is offering um, an opportunity for a threat actor to a launch an attack from what appears to be somewhere else. Okay, so let's let let's um let's do this really quickly. Okay, so you're um you're going to attack your neighbor's house, right? Okay, you're gonna attack your neighbor's house. So you go around the you go on the other side of your neighbor's house where your two doors down neighbor is, and you kick a hole in their door because they're in vacation. And then you go um, and open a window that's looking at your neighbor's house, the in intended victim, and you reach out and you spray paint, you know, like, you suck, right? And then you close the window, you leave the, the can of spray paint on the ground, and then you walk out, and then you go back into your house. And then when the victim, your neighbor, comes home, they they go, oh, my God, look at this, what happened? Ah, look at this, I was attacked over here on this side of the house by this neighbor, right? Like, that's essentially a really stupid, silly um distilled down version of what the hackers are doing. It, it it makes it very difficult to attribute. It makes it confusing for analysts who are going to be doing the research to piece together forensically what happened, where it came from. And it's, it's basically going to say, oh, this attack came from this house over here. This attack came from this residential neighborhood over here. I don't get it. Who lives in that residential neighborhood? Let's deploy resources to see if there's like sleeper agents there or sleeper cells or like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's basically, A, gives the hackers an ability for misattribution. B, it wastes time, energy, and efforts of defenders who are trying to figure out what is happening. And three, you know, hackers, if you if you take out that TP link, they've probably got several other ones hosted in other places. Plus, it gives them essentially like a botnet farm if they want to launch denial of service attacks and stuff like that on uh, European Union. So watch out. Flaming Donkey... Uh, Flaming Donkey TTPs of installing uh, persistence mechanisms in TP-Link routers. Parental control app vulnerable. The Android app Kids Place offers a parental control suite that's been downloaded over 5 million times on the Play Store. However, researchers at SEC Consult discovered multiple flaws in the app that could allow for uploading arbitrary files on devices, allow kids to bypass restrictions, or steal user credentials. 
Vulnerabilities include returning an unsalted MD5 password hash on login, triggering a cross-site scripting payload on the management dashboard by just changing the device name, and allowing anyone to upload files to an AWS S3 bucket that would automatically download to a connected device. The researchers contacted the app's developer, and the most recent update fixes the issues, but all older versions remain at risk. Okay, now, couple things, couple things. One, all right, hold on. I'm gonna let me pour a cup of coffee. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best not to lose my freaking mind here. Okay, couple things going on here. One, if you want to make like good uh, pub, like if you want to like be famous for 15 minutes, do some security research on kind of a sensitive thing, like parental control. Uh, child safety applications, that's a great, great space to be in, right? Like, you know, that's that's a very marketable, newsworthy topic. Like, oh, kids are at risk. Kids are at risk, right? Another one was um, IoT devices a couple years ago. Like, I don't know if you remember, but there was a, uh, a female self-service uh, um device that you would use uh, if you were alone and you were a female and you were interested in having um, some, um, some, some physical uh, entertainment um, by yourself. There was an IOT device um, that got hacked and was, you know, and then there was all sorts of discussion around whether or not um, it would constitute sexual assault if a hacker uh, caused that device to malfunction in a, in a way that would cause damage to the individual using it. So like, and by the way, like I'm not making this up. This was a legit story that was like blowing up uh, a couple years ago, if you remember. And if, if, you, if you don't believe me, uh, ask me a jaw jacket and I'll pull it up. My point is, if you hack like um, a simple web server, right? You, if you were to find a vulnerability in Apache, like you're not gonna blow up, right? But if you find something, uh, security vulnerabilities and get get it, you could you could go viral if you wanted because it's very newsworthy. It's very appealing and applicable to a large audience, which is what news is trying to do. Okay. Okay. So that's just a little pro tip if you're interested. So like basically, I'm trying to say if you're looking to like blow up and make a name, like these chil these children protection apps, there's plenty of them. Would be a great place to research. Um, by the way, during the mid roll, or, or I'm going to bring up this thing because. Um, Okay, listen to this. This is what annoys me. This thing has five security issues, but here's the first one. User registration and login passes the password in an MD5 hash. Okay, guys, this is not encryption in any freaking capacity. There is no, sorry, base case baby. Sorry, Kennedy. Sorry, children uh, of the Simply Cyber community. Um, MD5 hash is not encryption, okay? It's not encryption. It is trivial. There are plenty. John the Ripper can back out, not back out. It does a, a dictionary list, but John the Ripper could probably find your password. So this right here is lazy uh, by the developers or uh, the developers are um, in, not, I don't want to say incompetent because that's not fair, but this is, this is not acceptable. MD5 hashing a password and thinking you're good to go is ridiculous, okay? Like, really, this is ridiculous. Um, let's see, you can trigger cross-site scripting payloads in the parent's dashboard. That's a little, that's a little less, uh, 
that's a little less of an issue simply because like you would need access either as the child or the parent to be able to get into the dashboard and then basically escalate privileges to the parent account. Um, Cross-site request forgery, you'd have to know the device ID, so that's a little less bad. Um, uh, let's see. This one's not good. You can push malware to a child. Okay, <laughs> that's not good. Um, and then you can remove all usage restrictions. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some YouTube video of some like 12 year old who's like, hey, what's up everybody? This is Johnny. And today I'm gonna show you how to bypass all the security on the parental thing that your mom had. Now check this out and like the camera's all shaky and stuff like that. that that's probably what's going on here. Um, hopefully, again, this is good pub for this company, but hopefully um, this company has released updates and uh, probably sent an email out because it's not gonna be good. If, if you can, if, if there's content out there showing that this app doesn't do what it's supposed to do, um, then, you know, that's their whole, their whole value proposition is that they can protect your kids, right? So, yeah. Word from our sponsor, Hunters. If your SIEM is causing an endless cycle of noisy alerts, manually writing generic detection rules, and limited data ingestion and retention, your SOC might need an upgrade. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for your security operations team. Solaris Group, a leading German fintech, implemented Hunter's SOC platform to eliminate the burden of redundant detection engineering and manual event correlation, allowing SOC analysts to focus on higher value tasks. Visit hunters.security to learn how your SOC can move beyond SIEM and let them know you heard about Hunters on the CISO series. All right, hold Microsoft. on one second. Well, hold on one second. I'm just gonna put this on stage because I think if you're so uh, hold on if if you're if you're hold on just I'm gonna just show this really quickly. I'm not gonna read it. Um, so if you're listening on the audio podcast app of choice, but this is what I'm talking about. Okay, I didn't make this story up. This was 2016. This was presented at DefCon. It was a whole thing. Okay. All right. Now I want to hold on. All right, everybody. I want to thank you all for being here for this very special and almost completely off the rails episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Um, if you're getting educational value, I certainly think you're getting entertainment value as I'm doing everything I can to keep this <laughs> um, appropriate. Um, hit the like button. It goes a long way to find, uh, helping other people find the Simply Cyber community. That's the only reason I ask you to hit the like button. I don't keep track of the likes. I'm not like, oh, 37 likes and 200 people. Like, no, it's none of that. It's literally hit the like button so other people can find it. Pay it forward. Thanks again to the sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Eric Taylor's in chat. Thanks again to XM Cyber. Go check out their webinar. Links in the description below. And thank you, Panopsi. Panopsi Security brings quantified risk assessments to businesses of any size. A quantified risk assessment will look at your people, your process, your technology, your industry, your business size, and what the current threat landscape looks like to your business, and then develop a bespoke, tailored assessment of your environment. And the best part about quantified risk assessment is it really gives you indications as to the likelihood in a percentage fashion of statistically how likely you are to experience uh, adverse cyber events. And then once you know that, you can actually make a long-term 
three-year strategic plan on how to best invest your resources, how to stage them, when you're going to hire new staff, and do it in a way that is optimal for cyber risk reduction with respect to spend. And if a lot of the words I just used don't make any sense, that's okay. Um, this is really geared for um, decision makers, CISOs, information security directors, um, one man, one woman shops. Like this really can help you uh, understand where you're going. It's like a one-time spend and you'll get three years worth of value out of it. Just a reminder, if you want to get my newsletter that does not involve any type of inappropriate content, just hot cyber pro actionable tasks and tips that you can use um, at work. Sign up at simplycyber.io slash newsletter exclamation point newsletter in, uh, in chat and it'll come up. Simply Cyber Community Challenge asked Allison Van Stone our own Floridian, our own The You, Allison Van Stone, bringing the heat yesterday. Uh, I really, really like Allison's energy. She uh, she shared her Simply Cyber Community Challenge post yesterday. I'm hoping that uh, Allison is in chat. Hey there, Allison. If you can, please uh, tag somebody. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative where one member of the Simply Cyber Community gets tagged and Matthew Pelkey is going to be tagged right now. We asked that uh, Allison Van Stone went on yesterday. She posted on LinkedIn, she tagged me, she hit hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and she shared her story. Connect with Allison, connect with everybody who commented, including me, on Allison's post. Matthew Pelkey now has the baton. Matthew Pelkey, please go on LinkedIn, share your cyber story, use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. You listening to me right now, go on LinkedIn, find the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Connect with the people who are engaging in that post. Build your professional network for you. It is a takeaway for you. You could you could leave Simply Cyber. You could not be here, you know what I mean? You could be like, oh, I'm done with this. You could take six months off, whatever. You will always have that professional network with you. Take it, it's so, so incredibly valuable. It's so incredibly valuable. Please do yourself a favor, do yourself a service and, and engage. Matthew Pelkey, I look forward to your link. All right, we already did Worldwide Wednesday, so there's no special mid-roll thing, but I wanna thank you all and let's get back to the news. Scanning password protected zip files. Security researcher Andrew Brandt posted on Mastodon that Microsoft began scanning password-protected zip files on SharePoint for malware. Brandt used these for backing up and sharing malware with other researchers. As researcher Kevin Beaumont noted, Microsoft does this on other cloud services like OneDrive. However, Brandt notes this seems to be a new behavior on SharePoint. Both researchers note this behavior would be desirable for almost all other users as an effective malware prevention approach. However, they found it increasingly difficult to save and share malware samples due to these types of measures. To access zip file content, Beaumont says Microsoft looks for passwords in emails containing zip files to use in scanning, or will use a list of common passwords. The um, okay, so... Okay, so this is one of those situations where, like, Microsoft for the masses is trying to do a good thing but it it has um it has negative impact for the 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 minority population 
specifically security researchers, okay? So I'm a threat actor. I'm flaming donkey, okay? One of my TTPs is to send malware in a zip file format. That way it bypasses email uh, security gateways. You can't, you can't explode uh, the zip file and determine if there's malware. You can't run it dynamically in a sandbox before it gets to the end user. So this is a technique used by threat actors. And don't even get me started on the new zip.zip.tld, uh, okay? If we have time during jawjacking, let's talk about .zip.tld. I want to punch a hole in the wall on this .zip.tld. But Microsoft is scanning the inside of password-protected zip files. Now, first of all, Let's just push to the side the fact that they're able to do that. Um, here's the problem. It is very, very common for security researchers to share malware samples, okay? If I have a malware sample and I want to send it to Dr. Josh Strohshine for analysis, the common convention, and, and by the way, if you're new here, or if you're just breaking into the industry, listen to this because you're not going to read this in a textbook, but this is how we do it. This is the standard operating procedure. What you do is you take the malware, you put it in a zip file, you password protect the zip file with the password infected, I-N-F-E-C-T-E-D. You, you name the archive the hash of the malware sample. You also name the, the file itself the hash of the malware sample, but that is the convention. MD5 hash or whatever hash you want is the file name, .zip is the archive, the password is infected. The reason we do this is to prevent people who don't know what they're doing from accidentally infecting themselves, right? When you have syringes at the doctor's office, they have the special little receptacle for those, or you have like the little cork thing you put on the tip. Why? It's so doesn't reach into the bucket and just like hammers his hand around looking for a syringe and pokes himself a bunch of times, right? This is a safety protocol that we have to manage um, contain, uh, containment, basically, right? We don't want to spread contagion of infection. Now, Microsoft, if Microsoft is scanning the inside of compressed files and identifying if it's malware and deleting it or removing it or blocking it, this hinders the ability for security researchers to send malware to each other, right? So this is the problem. And by the way, if Microsoft were to write a custom, you know, explicit rule, which is a terrible practice inside of uh, software development. And if you're a developer, if Evan Ottinger is here, if you're a developer, hard coding use cases seems like a good idea in the moment. It's terrible practice in general. If Microsoft were to say, okay, you know what? If the file name looks like a hash and the password is infected, leave it alone. Guess what threat actors are going to do? Take what one guess what Flaming Donkey's newest initiative will be naming the files, whatever, and making the password infected. They will adopt that because they know that it will get through the, the, the clearing phase, all right? So this is a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, they do mention Kevin Beaumont. Um, I only want to share this because I think Kevin Beaumont is an absolute must follow. Like if I was building like a, a, a Twitter starter kit and like I was like, all right, here's like 10 accounts that you need to follow. Gossy the dog is like definitely in my top five. I'm going to drop a link in Twitter. This guy right here, Kevin Beaumont, he's a UK guy, I believe. And um, he says portable toilet rentals here. Um, 
He's he's just a delight. I love Gossy the dog. By the way, also somehow he's been a, appointed um, the unofficial guy who who comes up with the logos um, for vulnerabilities. So like Log for Shell was him. <laughs> I do like a good uh, vulnerability logo. We've had a minute since any of those have come up. All right, that's that's all I want to share about that. Just be mindful of that. Shocking consequences of bad firmware. At the Black Hat Asia Conference, two researchers from the University of Birmingham in England showed their latest attack vector using modified voltage on a target system. Dubbed PM Fault, the attack uses malicious board management controller firmware to undervolt the PM bus. The researchers say this breaks the integrity guarantees of Intel software guard extensions and bypasses previous Intel countermeasures. The researchers also showed that subsequently overvolting the bus could then brick the system's CPU. The attackers would need root access to a machine and an attached Ethernet cable to use PM fault. However, the researchers say this proves less messy than their previous Volt Pillager attack that they showed off, as it involves no need to open the server. Cloudflare. All right, couple things here. Black Hat Asia 2023. Never been to that con, but uh, they're usually doing some good stuff. Super Micro. If you guys remember the, uh, oh my God, who did that report? Um, it was a big news outlet a couple of years ago. Supermicro was the company that was involved in that really big uh, report about um, hard-coded, or not hard-coded, like hardware-based uh, persistence mechanisms being baked into motherboards uh, and being shipped to companies like Apple and Amazon. And like, it was a big, it was a big, like kind of red scare type thing. No, no evidence ever came of it. Um, Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg never walked that report back either. Um this was like a big a big deal a couple years ago. This I'll I'll put this link in chat. This is not that it had a really famous um uh image. It was like a piece of rice over a motherboard if you guys remember that. Anyways, this was like a, I don't even know if this was a big scare tactic. Like Bloomberg refused to walk it back though. Um anyways, why I'm telling you all this is because they are really, really commercial grade, enterprise grade motherboards that are used for big things. Now, what they're saying here is that by pushing a software update, you can change the voltage on the motherboard, which is a hardware-based thing, a layer one thing, uh, and you can basically fry the motherboard, okay? So just like, you know, Stuxnet kind of, like you can mess around with the way that the actual hardware is operating and you can push it beyond its boundaries and you can end up effectively ruining it or bricking it to brick something is a term that means to turn it into a brick like it's basically just a heavy paperweight at this point right that's what bricking is if you never heard the term to brick something okay so overvolt undervolt you're basically damaging it. it's denial of service attack now here's the thing pm fault it makes big waves but you need to physically be at the supercomputer. Um, you need to physically be at the motherboard. You need to physically plug in with an Ethernet cable. You need to physically push the malware payload onto the um, onto the uh, firmware for this to work. So a lot of things need to happen for this to successfully execute. It doesn't change the fact that you could destroy something, but it's worth mentioning. Now, here's the thing. If you got this close to the motherboards, you could just take a garden hose and spray it and cook it that way too. This is a little bit more elegant, obviously, but it's no different than spraying it. The only value you would have is if you sprayed it with a garden hose and cooked it, people would be like, oh, it's all wet here. 
like there must have been tampering with this um you might not be able to understand and determine what caused it to fail but clearly you know you'd be like these two people are standing here plugged in and now it's not working so to me this is just interesting <clears throat> this is just interesting research this isn't really with all due respect not really a practical um you know, you're not going to see this getting exploited in the wild unless they're able to remove that local requirement and that Ethernet physical requirement. If you could push this remotely, now we now we're now we're cooking with gas. Air tries to secure generative AI. We've recently seen large organizations taking measures to protect against potential data leaks with generative AI systems. Samsung recently banned the. So Carrie's saying, if you spray it with water, you just wait for the motherboard to dry out and it's all good. Possibly, but I'm thinking of electrical you know like basically electrical malfunctioning and it cooking itself uh in that way so the tech over these concerns meanwhile microsoft announced plans for private chat gpt servers as a potential middle ground cloudflare announced cloudflare one for ai a set of zero trust security controls for organizations using generative models this includes visibility and usage measurement tools tools to manage budgeting and licenses logs of api requests and control over services that can access training data. Admins can also set types of sensitive data or intellectual property to scan for when employees upload data to these services over their network. US All right. Um, <clears throat> well, this is good. 81%. So a report done by KPMG, who's legit. 81% of executives expressed cybersecurity concerns around generative AI. Well, that's good. I'm glad people are feeling that. Um, <clears throat> so I actually thought the initial like cash, financial run on AI was going to be, um, advertising where it's like, oh, hello, like, hi, um, write my resume, right? I've got a video coming out next week. Um, and all, <laughs> and special thanks to the haircut fish, Dan Reardon for providing his resume for the video. But, um, uh, Hey, you know, chat GPT, Hey Bard. Write, rewrite my resume. And then it's like, sure, I'd love to rewrite your resume. Here's your resume. Also, like, you, you know, did you know that uh, Athletic Greens 1 can help you get more energy? So when you get the interview for this resume, um, you're able to be in better energy. Click here for a 10% discount on Athletic Greens 1. Like, that's how I thought. It, like, AI is basically going to turn into um, helping you, but also be a salesperson. Um, there's another market here, apparently, of using AI safely. Microsoft's already releasing private instances of ChatGPT, which I'm sure they're making bank on. Cloudflare has now got this solution, Cloudflare 1. It sounds like Cloudflare is not developing their own AI. Essentially, you would run all your queries through Cloudflare AI. Think of it as a choke point um, where you know you say like, it, like it's almost like a the AI is a black box and Cloudflare is the only one that interfaces with the AI and you present your query to Cloudflare. Cloudflare turns around and presents your query verbatim to the AI and then it takes it and responds back. What's this mean? Well, since you're going through a choke point, um, they can catalog and record everything that you write. You can catalog and record all the responses and that way they can provide audit, um, leadership, et cetera, with visibility over what the staff is doing. If intellectual property gets put in, uh, Cloudflare can stop it from being sent to ChatGPT, right? So you can start putting controls in place. 
it's a good idea. Cloudflare is moving pretty quick on it. I'd be curious what they're charging, what their 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 business model is, um, whether it's per query, whether it's a bulk rate. Uh, also, uh, Cloudflare doesn't have the AI, so they're certainly depending on the access of the AI systems to be there. This is just basically like, bol not bolt on, but this is like an, um, what, what would you call this? This is like uh, an accessory to AI tools, right? This is an accessory that allows you greater control and visibility over it. This isn't AI is what it is. It's charges and sanctions, a central figure in Babuk. There we are. The US Department of the Treasury announced it imposed economic sanctions against financial dealings with Mikhail Matviv, accused of acting as a central figure in the Babuk ransomware organization. It also offered a $10 million reward for information leading to his arrest. This comes after the Justice Department unsealed an indictment against Matviv, accusing him of working with Babak operators to deploy ransomware against the Washington, D.C. Police Department back in 2021. Matviv also goes by the online alias Wazawaka, an actor who security researcher Brian Krebs identified last year as a major DDoS and ransomware access broker. Thanks for checking out today. All right, so Babuk has been a just a massive uh, ransomware um, group. Uh, they've arrested what sounds like one of the ringleaders of it. Um, I was hoping to get more information about the actual arrest. Um, by the way, when you hear Wazawaka, exactly, yes, Aaron Kiji, Wazawaka, all I could think of is um, Fonzie Bear, like Waka Waka Waka. Um, I didn't know Babook's source code was leaked. Okay. So I'm trying to find how they got him. Oh, by the way. So good job. I, like, I, I don't want to sit here and have you watch me read the story, but like, I don't understand how this individual went somewhere that they would have got arrested, but they did. Let me, a couple things. This is really good. Like the war, like the war on drugs, the war on terror. This is the war on like cybercrime, essentially, like the next the next area that we're at. A couple of things to share. One, this is huge. Hopefully this sends ripples through the ransomware threat actor community. Two, and this is probably the most important one. Again, this is not something you're going to get in a textbook. This isn't something that you'll hear. Uh, well, you might hear this in a webinar or something like that, but just take this as a fact and it doesn't get said enough. Many threat actor groups operate in Eastern Europe under Russian protection, okay? Russia as a country will denounce that uh, statement. They will say, no, 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 no. We do not protect cyber criminals. However, time and time again, it is shown. And we saw it in the Conti leaks. If you go back and read um, the Conti leaks, you can get a nice little synopsis. If you look at like Google Brian Krebs Conti leaks, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But essentially, Russian threat actor groups that do ransomware operate with basically immunity if they operate within Russia under the following context. One, they don't attack Russian assets or Russian businesses. Seems easy enough. Two, if the Russian government asks them to do them a favor, they will do it. Meaning the Russian country can't attack you know, such and such organization because then that's an act of war. But if a independent, non-state sponsored, unofficially, um, criminal gang does something well then you know russia's gonna try to find them and get to the bottom of this which they never will so that's what's going on so 
this is why it's so prolific, right? Ransomware makes a ton of money, but they're also operating with like near immunity. What that has led to is a lot of bravado and confidence. And I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm making all this money and I'm, I'm completely risk-free, which leads to criminals making silly choices. Guys, here's the deal. If you made a million dollars a day, right? You would be, I mean, everything's relative, right? So maybe a million dollars a day isn't a lot to some people. To me, it would be life-changing, right? So you make a million dollars a day, but here's the thing. You can't go anywhere outside of your little bubble of Eastern Europe or maybe Russia because anywhere you go, the Department of Justice or the CIA will find you and arrest you because you're a wanted criminal. Like um, the Lazarus Group people. Now, granted, they're they're operating under Kim Jong-un's like leadership or regime, and they're not going to leave North Korea for anything. But Lazarus Group steals hundreds of millions of dollars. They cannot go to Bali and have a beach vacation, right? They can't go to Australia and go surfing on the Gold Coast. They can't go to Hawaii and grab a pineapple or look at a volcano. Why? Because they will get arrested instantly. So, but if you're a multimillionaire, like, you know, going to the club and doing this with the cash, with the cashish, well, then maybe you feel a little emboldened, a little brazen, a little like the rules don't apply to me. And guess what? They do. Welcome to justice. I hope that this, uh, again, leads to more uh, arrests and um, the war on the war on ransomware. Let's get a bumper sticker for that. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the news. Do, do, do. If you were here just for the news, uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate y'all being here. I just want to remind everybody that later tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, my good friend Cody Kinsey is coming on stream again. You guys remember Cody. Retia of No Bite fame makes the really cool uh, kitty cats, uh, like uh, kind of flipper zero jobs. He's coming on. I'm just making sure I don't have a meeting in a couple minutes. I don't. I can jaw jack. Uh, join us tomorrow. Obviously, hit the like button on your way out. Thank you all for spending uh, your morning with me. Uh, Paul, thanks. And, and all the West Coast people getting up early. I know it's hard. But you guys are now equipped to go crush your day, my friends. All right, guys. Holla. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'll spend a few minutes jaw jacking. Um, if you guys would like to hang out for a few minutes and jaw jack. Thanks, Paul. Again, I really appreciate you. All right, let's jaw jack. Guys, let me tell you about the uh, the bungalow mainframe. Uh, bungalow mainframe got sheetrock yesterday or over the weekend. We've got f final electrical coming in on Friday. I vacuumed the ceiling Literally, I vacuumed the ceiling, the walls, and the floor last night. Um, Mrs. Osier's got a, a, a big Swiffer thing for me to Swiffer the walls and, and basically get it ready for paint. Um, she actually purchased uh, primer and paint and stuff like that. So we're going to throw some paint up uh, this weekend. Uh, we got the floor ready for installation. So I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, this... this uh, the, the project is, uh, the studio is, is moving quickly now, which is fantastic. I don't know if it's official, William Welch. I've, I've been calling it H. Oh, yeah. HVAC came in yesterday, too. Jazzy Jazz. Yeah. So I've got, listen to this. Um, uh, it's a split V. 
the two guys who installed it came in. They're like, well, let's take a look at this. And I, I show them the studio and they're like, oh, yeah. They're like, dude, you'll be able to hang meat in here if you want to. And I'm like, well, I don't I don't want to turn this into a processing plant. He's like, but you could. That just gives you a little insight into the, the American South and the low country, like very much uh, like uh, mossy oak, uh, you know, eight point deer kind of things living down here. <laughs> so. But I, I assure you, I will make cybersecurity content, not beef jerky. But but I could if I wanted to. So we've got all the stuff in there. I'm just excited about um, getting the floor and getting the paint up now. Um, Jesse Johnson says, what microphone do I prefer? Um, Jesse, I like this microphone. This is kind of like the standard professional microphone in the industry. It's a Shure SMB or SM7B or something like that. Uh, it's been great. I have so many audio issues. I had to make a shirt about it. Uh, so to me, I just kind of buy like, I buy, I buy the, you know, quote unquote, the best, right? It, this isn't like a $1,200 mic for like, you know, Taylor Swift records on, but it's, it's a good mic. I like it. Um, Terrence Billingsley is asking about the cybersecurity certification. I haven't taken that myself. You know what, guys? I'll tell you what. A lot of people have been asking about that. If I had time, I would love to just, like, like just go, like, just sign up and go take it. Like, I, I, I could do that, and it would be fun. Just go take it, and then I can actually comment on it. What I will say is that um, ISC Squared is a great uh, certification body. Um, they've done right with CISSP. They have integrity, some certification bodies are you know have less integrity and get hammered for it i'm not going to name names um there's even been some recent drama with another one just recently if you've been following social media but um I i'm sure the cybersecurity certification is a great cert maybe i'll just go sit and take it here's the thing i'm working on a course right now about to finish that up and then i'm going uh remote for about uh you know a couple weeks um i'll make you a deal simply cyber community when i um can go all in on serving this community i will go sit i'll schedule the cybersecurity certification and i'll just go sit and take it i i, I have i don't know anything about it but i have confidence that i could sit for it right now and, and do okay all right so paul's talking about that do you think api is a good field to get into yeah absolutely soul shine yeah, here's my kit. I, I don't know why Kimberly put it in here, but I'll drop it in chat. If Here's a basic get started kit. This is how I got started. Um, this hardware, a couple hundred bucks, and I was up and running with Simply Cyber. It, obviously, over the years, I've added to the studio. Like this, it didn't <laughs> go back and look, watch my early stuff. It did not look like this, believe me. Gerald Dozier, is this event going on a regular basis? I will join every day if you send me schedule. Yeah, Mahesh Kumawat. Go to Simply Cyber uh, Mahesh. I do this every single weekday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, every single day. I've been doing it for 368 weekdays in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, go to simplycyber.io slash streams, and uh, you can uh, you can see the upcoming shows. Currently watching the videos on YouTube, but it seems to be good quality, and they lifted a few things from CISP materials instead of CompTIA Sec Plus. Okay, Chinadu, that's good. I mean, that would make sense considering their uh, CISP is their their uh, program, right? 
All right. I got a um, couple more minutes, two minutes. Oh my God, casually Joseph. Dodds it, TLDs. I want to punch through a wall. Look at, look at this. So, hold on. I said a couple minutes and now I'm going to do like a 45 minute. Um, okay, so check this out. Just recently, Google, Google like authorized because Google's, you know, BDS and it. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what BDS acronym stands for, but that's what Google's doing. They released the .zip domain, which means that you can register um, casuallyjoseph.zip, right? So let's say you own barricadecyber.com, you could also register barricadecyber.zip, right? Why is this a bad idea? Why are people in our in our in our industry wanting to rip our hair out and you know like flail our arms around like we're in a late '90s mosh pit? It's because we have done everything in our power to educate end users to look for spicy, not spicy, excuse me, to look for, um, you know, sus links. And this does nothing for us. Look at this. Look at this. This is a perfect example. One of these links will download malware. One of these links will take you to a website. The only difference is this at and this V. Everything else looks legit. That is the problem. This is the problem. You will not be able to, as an end user, discern whether it's a file or a URL. And that's why I was joking that like .exe is the next file, uh, or top level domain. So how could you weaponize this? Well, imagine for a second, like let's use barricadecyber.com as an example. Let's say Eric Taylor is helping a victim organization who's going through a ransomware incident and he needs to push a um, a policy across um, uh, GPO, right? He needs to push a GPO down or he needs to install uh, an EDR or some type of audit logging solution, right? Like sometimes when you go into an environment that's actively compromised and they don't have any logging, the first thing you got to do is put logging on or put an EDR on or get some visibility. How bad is the impact? What's the, How bad is the compromise? Well, here, here's a link to a zip file that has all the things. Push it to everyone. Well, if someone gets Eric's stuff or someone impersonates Eric or whatever, and they send a um, executable or a, a, a URL that looks like a zip file, well, yeah, of course they're going to click on it. And then they get presented with like maybe a landing page, maybe just, oh, here's the, the download of the malware that you're supposed to download, right? Like it just can be weaponized so much. I don't understand who at Google thought that this was a good idea. Like this is such a, to me, it's like such a cheesy cash grab. Like Google is like a fortune three company. They don't need to make an extra couple million dollars, right? It's 15 bucks a year for a dot zip, right? Let's say they sell a million dot zip URLs in the next day. That's $15 million. Okay. And that's selling a million zip domains. Okay. Google's annual revenue last year was $280 billion. $280 billion. Do you think $15 million moves the needle at Google? Right? Let's just say, for example, they sold $100 million, which would be insane. $100 million .zip domains. All that does is increase this 0.8 to 0.9. That doesn't move the needle. So to me, there was no 
like it was it, it's so cheesy it's like such a cheesy cash grab there's no reason to do this so anyways it's annoying for security practitioners i'll drop this link in chat eric taylor uh he he has a he's a spicy guy barricade cyber he dropped there's a link in chat right there he um did a, a, a debrief on why he thinks it's a terrible idea so go check that out as well Uh, Brian Forrest asking whether or not it's Google's move to introduce a new file type. I, I don't know. I don't think so. .zip's been around for a long time. I mean, you know, .tar has been around forever. .gzip. I mean, there's other there's other ones. It's just .zip is kind of like the the format that you know the masses have taken on. Jessica probe cyber kill Jane with the bogo on zip domains. I love it. Oh, okay. Thank you, Kuda. Yeah, Chinadu was talking about the new cyber cert from Google. Okay, that's cool. All right. What is the best first time cyber role to get Taekwondo Gong? That really depends. GRC analyst is a good one. SOC analyst is a good one. Um, I'm going to have uh, somebody who was like a religious leader uh, for years and years and years, like 10 years, who became a entry-level pen tester. Have them come on and share their story. Not... not um, not the rabbi, uh, whose name I'm I'm forgetting uh, right now. I'm sorry, uh, but but a different religious leader. So multiple religious leaders making the transition into pen testing. Yeah. So NSA virus rab talks about how Google, their mission statement used to be do no evil, and then they changed it, and it was a big hubbub in the news about oh my god, Google's like wanting to do evil that's not the case if you read moshi thank you uh aaron moshi um if you read nicole pelroth's this is how they tell me the world ends um if you read this book right here i will tell you why google changed do no evil it gets really complicated, guys. When you're offering Google search in China and China wants to censor and limit what results Google does and Google is faced with the uh, moral and ethical challenge of deciding if that's okay to serve that population or if they're doing a disservice and kind of aiding and abetting authoritarianism, well then, it gets really dicey on whether or not you're doing evil or not. That is why they changed that motto. It was not about straight cash, homie. It's kind of about straight cash, homie, but they actually backed out of China for a period of time because of that, and then they went then they went all in. So that's what's up with that. Yes, evil is subjective, exactly. Nice, smooth criminal. I like that one, Carrie. YouTube ate my comment too. Spicy, I guess. I was saying that the potential of Fortnite VBucks.zip site is crazy. Yeah. <sighs> All right, guys. The countdown timer has begun. Two minutes. Super pumped about the uh, the bung the mainframe bungalow. I don't know. Doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I'm working at it. Uh, what's the RSA conference? Never heard of it before. Oh, internal stranger. RSA is a massive conference held in San Francisco every year. It's really um, a lot of money. It's very vendor-centric. Uh, vendor 
Uh, it's like an opportunity for vendors to see what other vendors are doing. Practitioners do go. Uh, I have never been, but, and I have no interest in going. <laughs> uh, I also want to remind everybody, specifically Gary Sturgiotis had asked about this. We will be doing a live stream on um, I, maybe June 1st, so stay tuned. Uh, it'll be a panel discussion around how to best... Um, how to go to security conferences and have the best experience. We'll cover um, like travel, we'll cover eating, we'll cover lodging, we'll cover um, the actual conference itself, we'll cover networking. It'll be a panel discussion. I'm, I'm lining up a couple panelists right now. Um, so uh, I, I've got, basically I've got the panelists identified. I'm just getting them to confirm their uh, ability to be there for that date. Uh, so stay tuned for that Gary and community. Allison Van Stone would go to RSA if she got paid. You know what, Allison? Straight cash, homie. That's right, straight cash, homie. Allison's like, cash rules everything around me. Send me to RSA. Cream! Let's see. Jerry, your cybersecurity masterclass book is great. Halfway through it. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, I appreciate that. I enjoyed making that. Uh, also, shout out to Jack Scott, Kim Wynn. John Helmus, uh, co-authors on that book. I got first I got first author credits on that book, but I think it's because I have a PhD and it, it, it sells better. Yep. Speak to me in money. Yeah. All right, guys. That's going to do it for today's stream. Thank you all very much. I genuinely appreciate it every single day. We did go around the world. Be, shared, be sure to share with other uh, members, you know, on your... Um, socials or whatever hit the like button alana good to see you up in here um i got several things next week i'm do, i'm 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 actually so let me just tell you really quickly because next week's got a lot of stuff um i'm obviously going to do the daily cyber threat briefing every single morning uh wednesday i'm releasing a chat gpt video that will show you how to uh write a killer resume uh dan reardon provided his resume as fodder which i i with all due respect i constructively con critiqued and then had chat gpt improve it um i'm doing i'm moderating a panel on ftc safeguards i think on wednesday on thursday i'm working with uh sophia goodwin and i'll be uh lead presenter on kind of the current state of the information security industry and why grc jobs are about to explode i'll be explaining myself and having a good time with that um, Thursday, we'll have Gary Ruddle, who's a CTI expert and YouTube content creator. Uh, he's going to come on. He lives, uh, he's British. So if you're into like uh, teas and crumpets and stuff, you're going to love this guy. He's a really uh, nice guy too. I, I enjoyed talking with him. And then on Friday, uh, we don't have anything Friday. I think Friday this week is Simply CyberCon. I know I just covered a lot. If I was more organized, I would have an agenda that you could go look at, but I'm not. One day uh, when I have more time, right? Um... Hiring managers to get back to you, Sean Washington, I would say on average four to six months from, dude, I have seen people who like were hardwired a job, meaning we're going to put this wreck out, Sean, you're going to apply for it. You're going to get it. Like I've, I've seen that level of hardwired, meaning like you're going to get the job. It's guaranteed. We just have to go through the process. And that still takes four to six months in the U.S. federal government. All right, everybody, be good. Thank you all very much. And until next time, stay secure.